Hello, and thank you for listening to our podcast today. We are currently in our Faith at the Movies series, which incorporates clips from popular movie scenes. Due to copyright restrictions, we're unable to keep the audio for the clips, but we hope that you can join us live for the full experience. Thank you for understanding, and here's this week's episode of Faith at the Movies. the word of God from Philippians chapter 4 verses 4 through 9. This is the common English Bible translation. Be glad in the Lord always. Again I say be glad. Let your gentleness show in your treatment of all people. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. Rather bring up all your requests to God in your prayers and petitions along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. From now on, brothers and sisters, if anything is excellent and if anything is admirable, focus your thoughts on these things. All that is true, all that is holy, all that is just, all that is pure, all that is lovely, and all that is worthy of praise. Practice these things Whatever you learned, received, heard, or saw in us, the God of peace will be with you. The word of God for the world. Thanks be to God. Well, this morning we are in week two, and the movie of the week is Mary Poppins Returns. How many of y'all have seen the movie? Yeah? Yeah, great movie. How many of y'all saw the original one? Yeah, right? The original. I grew up on that one. I remember those songs. I could sing several of those verses to you today. But then the movie has been around literally all of my life. And growing up as a child, I'm sure I sang and danced those around the living room more than enough days uh, to make my parents be able to sing those songs. I do wonder if for children now the songs of this new Mary Poppins will be true as well. Here in this movie, magical Mary Poppins, well, she appears just when she is needed again to the Banks family home. Michael and Jane Banks are adults now. They were the original children in the original movie, but they're grown up. Matter of fact, Michael is a widower, and he's the father of three children, Annabelle, John, and Georgie. They live in the family home, and his sister Jane, she lives right down the road in another flat not far off. And the movie begins um, with the family recovering from the loss of their mother, but they have a new challenge before him. You see, the bank is trying to kick them out of their home. and asking them to pay it in full due to a few missed payments. And so you can imagine the home is in quite a bit of anxious spirit. Now, Jane and Michael, they remember that their father owned shares in the bank, and they think if they can find these shares, well, then they can pay off the house. And so they start searching for these lost certificates, and they turn the house literally upside down in search of them. They can't find them, but then enters Mary Poppins, flying in on the tail of a kite. And I love what Georgie says as he runs into the house that day. He says, Father, Father, I seem to have caught a nanny on my kite. 
And in walks Mary Poppins, again to care for the children of the Banks family. And in this movie, she does just that. She teaches them some life lessons, and along with her friend Jack, the neighborhood lamplighter, they entertain children with songs and dances and magical fun. But in this one, things get a little deeper because Mary and Jack, they also help the children deal with their most recent loss and the uncertainty that they're now facing. You know, uncertainty and loss and anxiousness are no strangers to any of us, I think. No matter how large or small those circumstances can be, life oftentimes has us feeling like things are turned upside down and we're not sure what to do. In one scene, the children are trying to help their father, and they think they can take this priceless bowl that their mother has and sell it, and that'll be able to pay off the loan. But unfortunately, in the midst of that, they chip part of the bowl. They figure if they can get it fixed, well, then maybe it would be repaired and it could bring in some money. And so Mary and Jack, they take the children on a magical adventure to visit Mary's cousin, Topsy. You see, Topsy can fix anything, and she's quite a spirited character, as you can see in this photo of her. As they enter the house of Topsy on that day, Topsy says it's the second Wednesday of the month, and it's just miserable. You see, in Topsy's house on the second Wednesday of the month, the inside of her house literally turns upside down, and she doesn't know what to do. She just hates the second Wednesday of the month. She calls it turning turtle. You know, like a turtle turns upside down and feeling helpless with the legs railing. I think some of us can relate to that in our life from time to time. But in this one song, Topsy begins to talk about what her life is like turning turtle on a Wednesday. And she ends up upside down on her own head. And then Mary gives a little advice to her and the children. Let's take a look and listen to the words of this song. Well, Topsy seems to find a new way to view the world when things are upside down for her. I like what Mary Poppins says. She says, when you change the view from where you stood... The things you view will change for good. Mary Poppins is inviting these children and Topsy to focus on the power of perspective and to maybe look at things a different way. I think that's what's happening a bit in our letter today from Paul writing to the Philippians. He himself is experiencing a little, a literal, upside-down moment in his life. I mean, Paul is writing this letter while he is imprisoned for his convictions of following Jesus. And, you know, even though he could have been consumed by loneliness and anxiety with that house arrest, instead, with the Spirit of God as his focus, he writes a letter of encouragement with spirit of joy and hope and gladness instead of that doom or gloom that his circumstances are clearly bringing him. 
And so in this section of the letter, Paul offers up, I think, some wise counsel to the Philippians as how they might find the peace of God with them, even when their circumstances have them feeling upside down or anxious. As I looked at the passage this week, I saw three things that he invites us to. Prayer, thanksgiving, and what I like to call mindfulness. You know, prayer and thanksgiving for Paul are the path to a hopeful heart. Listen to what he says again in this passage. He says, don't worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. You know, when we're beside ourselves with anxiety, it can get in the way of our ability to rejoice and be gentle, right? But Paul knows this, and he invites us to pray and to bring everything to God. I mean, he's inviting us to bring everything to the God who knows us and the God who loves us. I like how one writer put it. They said, for in Christ... We found the one who will meet us in the place of worry. For God becomes for us the God whose peace guards our hearts and our minds. You know, so often when we're in the midst of a challenge or a struggle, boy, we can lean in and fix on the problem. I mean, I don't know about you, but can't you go to it like a dog with a bone? I mean, let me try to figure it out for myself. Go in, get fixed on it, and I can get more and more anxious as I start to do that. But you know, when we go to God in prayer, giving our requests over to God, well, we open ourselves up to listening to more than just our own voice. You know, when I get fixated on a challenge or a problem, I can find myself closing in on it so quickly that solution could show up right in front of me and I could miss it. About 10 years ago, a spiritual teacher invited me to a new practice for my prayer life to be considered. It's especially helpful when you're finding yourself anxious or fixated on a problem or issue. And he said this. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to sit upright in the back of your chair and put your back all the way up flat against the back of the seat. He said, now, I want you to imagine a white light coming down from the heavens right straight down through the back of that chair. Breathe in. Breathe out. Allow that warmth to warm you the way God's love can warm you. And now, he said, now bring your prayer request to God. You see, what I realize is when I start fixating on a problem or a situation that I have, I physically will lean into it. I mean, I like to get a paper and pen out, right, and I like to try to figure it out. And I realize as I start to lean in, it closes me off to everything else that's around me. And this practice of prayer helped me to sit back, to open myself up. And to allow the warmth of God's love to release my situation and my problem up to God. And you know, this slight adjustment to my prayer life brought me greater peace. Two of our spiritual practices are prayer and scripture meditation. Because we believe that 
prayer and scripture meditation, they can help us to uh, love better and to live healthier lives. And if you're looking for ways in which you can deepen your spiritual practice of prayer, I invite you to go to our website. We have a great booklet that has a whole bunch of different prayer practices. You go to Hyde Park UMC slash prayer. The office can also print one off for you. Feel free to reach out to any of our pastors as well. We'd love to sit down and talk to you about different practices that might deepen your prayer life. You know, as my spiritual teacher took me into this new posture of prayer, he then invited me to another spiritual practice that Paul talks about in his letter, the practice of gratitude. You know, over the years, the practice of gratitude has become quite mainstream, thanks to many different writers, including Brene Brown, who does amazing work on uh, research on vulnerability. She has a uh, writing on how to cultivate joy and gratitude in her life. And I like how she talked about what the research revealed. She said, without exception, every person I interviewed who described living a joyful life, regardless of their circumstances, actively participated in gratitude. She said in her study, they practiced it. And it looked different for different people at different stages of their life. Some had journals, some did meditation, some did prayer. Others did art and dance or exercise. But regardless of what it was, they each had a practice of thanksgiving built into their daily lives. Paul was inviting the Philippians to do the same thing. To open themselves up, to bring their requests with thanksgiving to God, and the God of peace would be with them. I mean, let's be honest. When we find ourselves open to God and in a place of gratitude, don't we love better? Don't we serve better? You know, while I love this scene in the movie with Topsy, where we get to look at things from a different perspective, there's actually another scene in the movie, and this scene is the one that I think captures the spirit of the movie as a whole. And it's called song called Trip a Little Late Fantastic. Now in this scene, the bank's children tried again to help their father. And they went to the bank, but they made a mess out of things. And now they're wandering back home with Mary in the streets of London. It's getting dark and that London fog is rolling in. It's really a perfect metaphor for their life. They're lost, they're confused. They're surrounded by fog. And while they're walking along the streets, they stumble upon their friend Jack again, who is the neighborhood lamplighter. It's called a leery. And here, Jack reminds them that even when they are lost in the fog, there's something they can do. And he invites them to trip a little light fantastic. Now, it's interesting because that phrase, trip a little light fantastic, is not the first time it's used in Mary Poppins. It actually is a line that was used in a William Shakespeare's The Tempest. It was also used in different varieties from different poets. There's a poet, John Milton, in the 1600s, and versions of it were used along the way. And it simply means this, that when you're in the dark, find a way to dance. Let's take a look at Jack's advice to this young family and listen to the words of this song.
here in this scene, we have the lamplighters turning on the lights of London, and Jack is giving the children a lesson in mindfulness. It's that idea of focusing one's awareness on the present moment and calmly acknowledging your thoughts, your feelings, and even your bodily sensations. And then he invites them to do what? Trip a little light, fantastic. But if a spark can start inside your heart, he says, then you can find a way. So when your life is getting dreary, just pretend that you're a leery and trip a little light, fantastic, with me. You know, in our text today, Paul is sitting in the darkness of a house arrest, and he's writing to the church in Philippi. They might be tempted to give in to cynicism and the own fog of their circumstances, but he tells them in verse 8, in a sense, to trip a little light fantastic. Listen to what he says. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, pleasing, commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think of these things and the peace of God will be with you. Paul is inviting them to shift their thoughts to the light and for Paul that light is the light of Christ. For we have the light of Christ that can warm our hearts, that can heal our souls, that can guide our paths. And when you think about it, we can all get stuck in the fog of our own minds. I like to call it stinking thinking. And it doesn't take long, really, for us to realize that we're starting to dance into the darkness instead of to the light. And so Paul in this passage is reminding them and us to redirect our hearts and our minds back to the light that we know and the love of God, the light that we have in Jesus Christ himself. You know, Mary Poppins, she has this magic carpet bag that she brings with her everywhere she goes, and out of it comes these amazing little gifts that uh, help to tell the story and invite one to um, remember or consider what they need, steps they need to take next. And as I reflected on this passage and Mary Poppins' carpet bag, I asked myself this question. What would I put in my carpet bag to trip a little light fantastic? So I thought about it. I thought, well, my Bible, because that would help me to remember to focus my time on prayer, scripture meditation, I know I'd have my gratitude journal in there to help me keep focused on gratitude. And I thought, well, my tap shoes would go in there, remind me to dance a little, trip a little light, fantastic. Got me to wondering, what would you put in your carpet bag? Paul says this in verse 9. Keep on doing these things that you've learned and received and heard and seen in me. And the God of peace will be with you. Paul was offering up to the Philippians to practice prayer, thanksgiving, and mindfulness. And he invites us to continue to do the same thing each and every day. Let us pray.
O loving God, creator of all that has been, all that is, and all that is to come, you made us human and gave us hearts to love you and to follow you. Help us to bring to you our prayers and thanksgivings. Help us to shape our lives in such a way that we can grow in our spiritual practices so that we might learn how to love you and love others well as we all seek to look to your light. Lord, may we trust in your faithfulness to carry us over the rough places of our lives. May we trust in your love to walk with us through the difficulties of our days. And may we trust in your promises of life everlasting, placing our hope in you. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen.